The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. that freeze all about i don't know did i freeze did i you did right at the most inopportune time hello Blah. <laughs> it was actually frozen was like you pretending that was, to freeze that was me pretending to be frozen <laughs> what an tempting fate now completely tempting fate 100 percent gonna cause a problem going forward touch wood my internet's really really good today Oh, don't why? Why jinx it? Why say things like that? I don't know. Just saying, it is. It's like, it's flying today, mate. Lightning, super speedy. After all the problems that Virgin Media's had all week, your are there problems? Are there? It was down like overnight, like twice in a week. Oh, okay. I didn't know, but I was probably asleep if it was overnight. Well, <laughs> that, that, that could be a, could be a reason. <laughs> Uh, have you had a good Easter weekend, Magsy? I have, yeah. I've, uh, I've had a lot of fun. Um, I got uh, some lovely Easter presents. Some chickens. I got some actual human chickens. Well, not human, chicken human chickens. Human chickens? <laughs> what, like the gooker? <laughs> You've got a load of Guerreros. He's rocking, he's running around he's rocking up at this year's Survivor Series. <laughs> no, I've got, yeah, but I actually got some proper chickens. Ah. I, I, well, you sent me a picture, I know. It, it's lovely. They, they are. They're lovely, cute little mm-hmm. chickens. And then you were mean to your missus, weren't you, when she had some eggs? Yeah, because she... <laughs> if she <laughs> is me telling you this, she will go mental. But, yeah, she was having uh, the, the British classic egg and chips, and I looked at her in disgust and said, you're eating the babies of chickens. And she's like, don't do that. Go on, because I'll never eat eggs again. And I giggled whilst happily took it into a chicken burger because I have no remorse. Yeah. <laughs> what a bastard. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Magsy, we have got so much on this show, haven't we? I know, and here we are filling the first few minutes with this utter trap about having chickens and annoying the missus. Hu- human chickens. Human, human, <laughs> human chickens. chickens. We have got a 
well, quite a long wrestling match to cover later on. We obviously got this week's entrance into the Hall of Lane. Uh, I've got something I wish to address before that, however. But we've also got a massive, a massive non-wrestling topic. So I guess, Magsy, we better get on with the show, hadn't we? We had. Let's do it. We had. A new star is born, now he brings you the light with his hands and tight. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever and whenever you may be listening or watching from. This is Chain Wrestling Live with Mags and Sai, an SJP World Media Production. I am Sai, and with me as always is the New Year's resolution to my all-year confusion. It's true, it's true. <laughs> the Elimination Chamber to my need maybe for a disclaimer, because I might lose my temper in a few moments. We'll get into that shortly. Mm. A podcaster that just like the world title in the start of 2005, pretty vegan, Mr. Mags, <laughs> with what? his human I, chickens. That would be very I'll... mean. I'm not sending you any eggs now. In no, the you're past. not. Oh, in the an envelope via Royal Mail. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think they make it? <laughs> with Royal Mail, even if they're in a box, they wouldn't actually make it right now. I know I am. I'm. I'm good. I'm. I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm clucking. How about yourself? How was your Easter? Right. Right? Yeah, it's right. You know, lots of recordings actually. Lots of lots of uh, watching stuff, research, making notes and recordings, and I had a great time. Me and Scottish Danny got through loads of episodes of Nitro because it's fantastic TV at the moment for Nitro Night. So every time we finish an episode, we can't wait to record, so we get to watch the next one because it's really good telly. So that's where it's so efficient. So efficient. Oh, don't get me wrong. When we hit like ninety nine, we're going to be like, should we bother this week? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but speaking of Scottish Danny, I see his little name popping up there in the chat. Who has joined us early doors, Mister Max? Well, very, very early doors. King's pig's bladders trying to manipulate the system by saying he's only posting this as he really wants me to have to read it out. I want to say one thing to the CWF people. I want you to listen to me. And bear in mind, this is coming from pig's bladders, not me, Mags. This is from pig's bladders. I'm not going, I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie, not a single time, never. Those allegations are false, and I need to go back to work for the CWF people. Thank you. Very, very funny. I believe that you did have sexual relations with that woman, King Pig's Bladders, um, and you didn't just blart all over her skirt. As is tradition, Sharon in the chat with It's Monday, you know what that means. Uh, Connor in the chat, hello, sir, how are you? And Scottish Danny, hello, good, sir. Uh, and it's time to enter the elimination chamber. Oh, you, what a player. Oh, that's good. Comedy genius there. And then Sharon said she's going to be in and out, and she's a dead land that she's been ignoring, but I will have to hear. But I will be able to hear Mags and Sarah. Um, 
that may ruin your deadline, to be quite fair. Yeah. I would be the <laughs> last person I would want to listen to if I had a deadline to keep up to. Have you um, had a bit of a shave and a haircut? I did, about an hour ago, yeah. Yeah? I look, look like, a a, like an egg. I look like a baby. I look like an egg. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like fantastic dizzy. Oh, dizzy, yeah. Do you remember that? That was great, that was, wasn't no, it? I don't remember it at all. I don't even know where that come from. No. Of course I bloody remember it. That's why I said it. Yes. Yeah. It was on the Amstrad, I, wasn't it? Dizzy. Uh, yeah, uh, I played on the Amstrad and the Specker. I had the Spectrum. Good times. Good times. <laughs> Brilliant times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just going to sit here quietly and reminisce now about old computer games. Now, now we need to get on, Mags. We need to get on because I work in the morning. And I don't want to be still sat here at midnight talking about various different things. So before we get to the Hall of Lame this week, uh, I've got some bad news, I'm afraid. Yes. There's some other piece of shit we need to address. Pitbull, hit alert! Oh, a teeny weeny. Indeed. Following on from um, the rightful destruction and uh, calling of a pimple dick on Rick Steiner last week for his quite disgusting comments about Giselle Shaw and the transgender people in general and so on. Uh, we have somebody who we somebody who we've had a little bit of fun with in the past. One of the very early entrants into the chain wrestling horde of lame, actually, Maxi. And I'm I'm wondering now, just off the top of my head. Is this the first time that somebody's been a pimple dick and a Hall of Lame entrant as well? It's the first that I can remember. Mm. We we've had, we had a spate where we haven't had a pimple dick for quite a while. So now two in two weeks. So mm. wrestling is getting dickish again. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, the person I am referring to is an individual by the name of Mike Halleck. Now, other people may know him better as his former <laughs> former wrestling guys on WWF television, that being Mantle, the big cow-headed, bull-shaped buffoon that he is. Now, somehow, and I'm not certain how, I imagine it was pissed up and so on, and I don't know if I requested or he requested or it popped up on the people you may know because there's you know, certain wrestlers I'm friends with on Facebook and, and you get those suggestions popping up, you know, that sort of stuff. Somehow, I've ended up friends with Mantle on Facebook, which sounds ridiculous in itself, let's be honest. <laughs> Me and old Mantle buddies on the old book of face. But it's not really something I've paid much attention to because, I mean, Facebook isn't something I use masses for anyway. i got the group on there for the network and we share the shows and so on. It's nice for the Facebook memories, the old pictures of the kids and, and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, you know, just keeping in contact with family members. Something flagged up on my Facebook the other night, and I was like, well, literally with the words ringing in my ears from last week's pimple dick section of if you see somebody being a piece of shit, you should probably call them out. Mm -hmm. I ended up having to respond to a status that uh, I'll keep calling him Mantor rather than Mike. <laughs> um, something that he posted on his Facebook page. Uh, let me just scan through because there's two different things I want to address, but I'm going to address this one first, which is at a slightly later date. We have here. Ask not why the children shouldn't see drag queens. Ask why drag queens crave an audience of children. Now, that's bad enough. 
just insinuating that because that's not stating anything in particular. That's in, in theory, I guess mm-hmm. you could say that it's actually asking a question as opposed to insinuating any particular thoughts or whatever. But it's fairly obvious what old uh, Mantor is getting at there, isn't it? But it doesn't stop there because this pimple dick doesn't just go to Mantor. It goes to some of the other people that he's friends with on Facebook as well. Um, one being an individual by the name of Mr. George, who just responded, nice. Hmm. You're a piece of shit. The next one on the status is actually me saying, again, because it says, ask not why this, why that. So I did. Okay. Okay. I'll ask why. Because I thought, let's see, let's see what we get from this, this nonsense. <laughs> we have an individual who then responds, the same reason that clowns and kids are around each other and nobody questions it. Now, I'm not 100% sure what they're getting at with that. Uh, there's another person here. Uh, Mr. Casey, who says, you don't cast bait where there are no fish. So this is getting a little bit closer to what I think they're trying. And again, my, my issue is obviously what they're hinting at. But it's also the fact that they're spineless pieces of shit and not just coming outright and stating what they think. They're talking in metaphors and dancing around, you know, and, and, and so on. So I, I, again, tried to give these people the opportunity to explain what they were getting at, the opportunity to elaborate or perhaps explain that I've misunderstood, which is still potentially possible, I guess. So I asked the question. I don't quite follow. I apologize. We're talking about clowns and fishing, are we? To which point we got a response from Mantor himself uh, saying that you don't quite follow because you might just be the clown. Not 100% sure Ooh. what that means. I don't quite understand that. Is he calling me a... I mean, obviously, he's making reference here to um, clowns and drag queens being some form of paedophile, I'm assuming, is what is, is, is fairly obvious is the is what they're hinting at, isn't it? So I'm not sure if he's, follow, if he's accusing me of being uh, uh, that way. I'm not 100% sure. I've asked him to define clown. In this scenario, please, what exactly are you referencing me as? To which point he responds, obviously you, as his definition of a claim, if you can't follow the conversation. So once again, spineless piece of crap won't nail his colours to the mast and just come out with what he's what he's really thinking. Mm-hmm. I went on to basically explain, what do you mean? You know, thinking about drag queens crave an audience of children. Can you explain what you mean? And we had a few other issues going back and forth. And then a few other people jumped in stating this is wrong. You shouldn't be talking like this. What are you on about here? You know, this is this is disgusting. It's, it's such a weird question. One person here states, drag queens do not seek out kids. Uh, somebody else here states, for fuck's sake, there's more straight non-drag queen men that go after children than drag queens themselves. I mean, obviously, I don't have the statistics, but I'm assuming that is correct. Um, I then asked the question, once again, because this has gone on effectively for a day at this stage with various comments going in. I've still had no real clear explanation of the original post by Mantle or the comments by, and then a few people's names I've, I've added here as well. I don't understand why this is being referred to as nice either. And then tagged at the individual who's uh, also saying that maybe I'm being naive, but talking in metaphors, I'm not answering my questions directly. Doesn't seem to be helping with anyone's puzzlement. Basically, what are you getting at? Uh, I then get a response from the person who initially said that the original post was nice, hinting at drag queens seeking out children. 
stating for me to politely walk away from big boy topics. Oh dear. And then they wrote, thanks, kind regards, which is polite to them. Um, <laughs> I, I then responded to this individual as potentially patronizing as that reply is. I still don't really have any answer from you all. Everyone's dancing around the point you're, you're trying to make. I'm asking you a direct question. Uh, kind regards, of course, is how I responded to them. Um, <laughs> and again, it just went round and round and round in circles. Nobody actually answered any of these this stuff. It was all just very pathetic, shithousery, spineless behaviour. And casting aspersions on people that I think are pretty disgusting, Mags. Mm-hmm. Now... This goes on. There's more to it. I'm not going to dive into any more because it is just, again, more of the same nonsense. And and Mantor and his collection of moronic friends saying the same things over and over again. But what troubles me further is, well, in addition to this, I actually messaged Mantor directly and, and asked the question. Didn't want you know? Didn't want to comment initially publicly on Facebook, but can you, I'm curious as to what you mean by this post. Can you explain your thoughts, please? Giving him an opportunity to, you know, answer or explain in private um two messages were sent two messages were seen two messages were ignored again you're a shit house mantle you want to spite your fucking you your, your horrific attitude towards groups of people online but not defend yourself it shows you're a shit house you're a spineless piece of crap going back a little bit further through his timeline and then so on uh, i want to leave everybody effectively with this from his Facebook page before I summarize what we're getting at here. Mike Halak, Mantor on Facebook. For the record, there is no room in sports if you identify as transgender. Read that again in case, because obviously the first time reading it wasn't horrific enough. He insinuated, he he basically says we should read that again. Uh, A man that identifies as a woman should not be participating in women's sports. Now that's a whole different conversation for a different day because of you know different levels of certain testosterone, whatever it is, what it is. I'm not going to get into that now. That's not the point. What follows is how I want to basically summarise my thoughts on this person. Yes, I said it, and then trying to defend his thoughts here on the transgender uh, population, people, community. He states he's not racist because that's relevant. <laughs> you dumb motherfucker! You dumb motherfucker! We're talking about sports here. And just to make sure that everyone understands he's not trying to be rude for the sake of being rude, he then says, as well as not being racist, I have plenty of gay friends. Well done, Mantle, you fucking asshole. Somebody asked the question, how do you feel about transgenders in pro wrestling? And this is what really sort of ties us back into the Rick Steiner nonsense we had last week. And I'm going to read this out, but I hate having to say this, but please bear with me because this is a direct quote from Mantle himself. I stand by my opinion, bro. Bro. Uh, there's no room in a locker room for a he, she, or a she, he. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Oh, jeez. Nice. The reason <clears throat> I'm bringing this horrific attitude and behavior and, and wording up is twofold one and um, this is where i said potentially we need a bit of a disclaimer it's gone nine o'clock i understand that my children may be listening and i apologize in advance for using language that people may not like but this guy's a cunt 
He's a vile piece of shit. He's transphobic. He comes across homophobic in some of his other comments he has written as well. But obviously, he gets away with it because, he, as he states, he has gay friends. What a piece of crap. And also, for some reason, he's okay to be transphobic because he's not racist. That just sums up the level of intelligence this guy has, which, by the way, if anyone can't pick up on that, is fucking zero. This guy is a moron. He literally... Some, you look at the guy, and honestly, I think that he's one of these people that is potentially living on a trailer park and he is the product of a brother and sister sleeping together. Both his eyes stare at his own nose and he dribbles down himself when he's eating his dinner. That's the impression I get from, from Mantle. Okay. Now maybe his dad was an actual bull. Maybe, maybe now the second thing I want to uh, bring attention to this for was Rick Steiner. We joked about not being relevant anymore, but this was exposed Rick Steiner's behavior and disgusting attitude at WrestleCon last week or the week before was exposed. He was called out and effectively he was punished. He's now no longer making money working with WrestleCon and the wrestling community, rightfully so, banded around the wonderful Giselle Shaw and put Rick Steiner in his place. And as effectively, I don't know if the term is cancelled him. I don't know if it's gone that far, but he has been called out in a very public and effectively international way. Cause we're in the UK and we know about mm -hmm. it, you know, this guy mantle, he's even in his prime, he wasn't as relevant as a 25 year retired Rick Steiner is now. So his transphobic, I'm going to throw it out there, potentially racist and potentially homophobic purely because I'm going to band all those things into the same bracket because he is that kind of mouth-breathing moron on his trailer park trash shit, you know, chasing his own cousin around because he thinks she's attractive, that kind of environment. He gets away with this because he's in his own little echo chamber surrounded by his own mouth-breathing trailer park trash cousin-chasing morons on his Facebook page agreeing with him. And what makes it even worse is that when somebody, myself, calls this person out because he's so irrelevant he goes under the radar and is allowed to get away with it when he is called out by somebody he's an absolute shit ice won't respond ignores the messages that were worded incredibly politely and i'm willing to show anybody anything they need to see from my end his end whatever the guy is a spineless transphobic homophobic piece of shit and mantor you're scum you are scum. And that's why there's no other alternative than to chuck you down as a pimple dick with chain wrestling. You are vile. And I hope nasty, nasty things happen to you because you're talking about people who just want to live their life and be happy. And you're wishing them ill respect and you're wishing them bad times. And that's disgusting. You're gross. You're horrific. You mouth breathing piece of crap. Totally agree. I mean, it, it, you said it perfectly it's a horrific mindset to have um I, uh, for a little bit of context i mean i, I didn't know any of the the, the mantor uh stuff i i've never had a facebook account never will uh Unfortunately, uh, or fortunately uh, mantor and i are mutuals on any social media <laughs> um but the the drag queen thing has been in the news quite a lot lately and i think it's safe to mm -hmm. assume yeah. that um that manto is a dad in the wool um republican uh a, a donald trump uh loving 
dickhead because the, essentially the the targeting of drag queens uh, and uh, and this kind of like uh, blase way of accusing them of of of, of uh, pedophilia is one of the Republicans' major kind of uh, tickets for for uh, their their party policies. Again, um, it it's kind of the the it's the it's the old tactic in politics where if something has gone wrong and you have got you are to blame for something, you point at a minority or or okay. uh, a group that is discriminated against, and you say it's their fault that this bad thing has happened. Don't blame us, the politicians, the ones in 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 charge. It's these people. We get it here in the UK with. Um, immigrants now it's happening with immigrants um uh Suella Braverman and Rishi Shunak saying we're stopping the people coming over on small boats uh refugees don't blame us for what's happened over the last 30 years it's these immigrants and and the drag queen thing has kind of permeated a little bit into into British politics but in America it's front and center there's so many big politicians making their uh, a big stand about these drag queens um and it's a non-issue it's an absolute non-issue next you'll be saying that you can't watch pantomime because because blokes play the women characters it's next you won't you won't be allowed to watch punch and judy because there's a bloke with a female um a female uh, puppet. It's ridiculous of all the things to to pin your your flag to. It's quite clear he hasn't got um, an original thought of his own, and he's just feeding off whatever Republican uh, bullshit comes his way because he's so indoctrinated in in that system. Uh, and this is not me defending Manto. He, he's an absolute piece of shit. And anyone who believes this kind of stuff is an absolute piece of shit. But there are also systems above uh, Manto that, that are happy to divide and conquer the population because it serves serves them. Um, so, yeah, this is, a, this is bigger than Manto by mm-hmm. a, a long stretch, but he is an absolute absolute piece of bullshit yeah he is exactly and again i just want to reiterate what we said i mean first of all facebook user uh this is dave ari Pyle, one of my friends from many many years ago so well i say many years ago we're still friends now <laughs> <laughs> no no after your rant about uh drag queens well there we go but um <laughs> Yeah, hello, mate. It's just when uh, people comment on the Facebook group, it only comes up to us as Facebook users, so we don't know who it is. So, yeah. Um, Chain Wrestling itself, the CWF, etc. As we've stated over and over and over again for the hundred and what are we on now, 16 episodes or whatever it may well be, Chain Wrestling is for everyone. It doesn't matter if you're straight, gay, trans, whatever. No one cares. If you're happy in your life, and you love pro wrestling and you enjoy just coming to somewhere safe where you're not going to get judged or have names called or anything like that, then we're happy to have you. Correct. You know, we've got Absolutely. no room for assholes. We've got no room for bigotry. We've got no room for pieces of shit like Rick Steiner and Mantor. You can both get in the fucking bin. You disgusting mm-hmm. pieces of crap. Chain wrestling is for everyone except it's- Rick Steiner and Mantor. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so then Magsy, with that in mind, Shall we move on and chuck some stuff into the Hall of Lame and then come back to the chat afterwards? We shall. Let's uh, let's refresh the palette. 
Indeed. The Whole Oh! Z, what have you got for us? So your uh, rant about Manto actually is a really good segue into my uh, entry for this week's Hall of Lame. Um, so social media, as you quite um, aptly proved, is it's a double-edged sword. Um, on on one side, it, uh, especially in wrestling, it gives you the opportunity to uh, to have more access to your favorite wrestlers, your favorite companies than ever before. Um, it gives the wrestlers the opportunity to uh, interact with their fans and make it a more personal experience for, for mm-hmm. uh, both the wrestlers and the fans. Uh, and some uh, wrestling um, um, talent have, have, have made this, um, this kind of leap into uh, social media and they've, they've done it with flying colors. You look at accounts like, the Iron Sheik, his Twitter account is is elite level. The guy is just fantastic. He's born for Twitter. You get guys like Ray Mysterio who uh, use uh, their social media to to really get um, a, a, a personal relationship with their fans and really kind of be positive. Then you get the ones that mostly do well, but can sometimes. Uh, be bitten uh, by social media guys like Seth Rollins. Uh, he can sometimes tweet some some stuff that gets gets taken out of context a little bit. Kenny Omega gets that sometimes as well. Will Ospreay is often tweeting stuff that uh, that gets him a little bit of grief. And then you get the people who uh, social media is not really for them. <laughs> okay. Marty Giannetti's, um Social media is not for him. Mantor, quite clearly, as you produ- uh, uh, proved, it's not really for him. Um, Ryback, social media told him to go away uh, in multiple polls, and he uh, he didn't listen. So I don't think social media is quite for him. No. But then there's a there's a, a level above that, and that is the brother level. There's a a a person who just social media has never gone well for. Uh, and that's the immortal Hulk Hogan. Oh, dear. Okay. So, <laughs> I'm going to go through a few examples of why social media hasn't really worked for, for the Hulkster. So, <laughs> going back to the beginning of his, uh, of his laugh on Twitter, his first tweet in 2010 was, was just him shouting, Help! I uh, followed this up by tweeting the word "ah," just not like the "ah," but just as in him "ah." So the single Two letter, words. just a single letter, yeah. Capital. Yeah, letter. Your, your accent didn't make it sound like you were saying "I." Then it made it sound like you were saying something else. Okay, "ah," <laughs> as in me. Ah. Uh, a couple of months <laughs> into his Twitter laugh, he decided it wasn't for him, and tweeted out, "Can I text you instead?" Um, he didn't kind of go away from Twitter though. And in, uh, in 2011, he decided to use it to push a new catchphrase. He was sick of the eating your vitamins, saying your prayers stuff. So he decided to reply to every uh, tweet to him by saying, "Be cool and eat fruit." Not not as catchy as uh, what you're gonna do, but there we go. 
he then um, tweeted out the infamous, uh, and I'm going to read this verbatim, good night Hulkamaniacs and jabroni marks without a laugh that don't know it a work when you work a work and work yourself into a shoot marks famous famous tweet and a, a motto we should all live our life by i think of course of course i've got it engraved upon the wall <laughs> 2012 he uh retweeted an account that had said they went balls deep on brook hogan's daughter he retweeted that oh my god speaking of brook he also posted uh pics of his daughter's legs on his Instagram Instagram account. In 2013, he uh, live tweeted his injuries from when a radiator burst and he was uh, scalded with hot water and he signed off the tweets with triple ouch. (laughs) (laughs) And then we start getting a little bit more risque with his tweeted. Um, He was tricked uh, into tweet retweeting a picture of Madeline McCann, uh, and the the person who sent it in claimed that they had won the world's biggest hide and seek competition. Oh my god! In 2015, he was duped into uh, giving killer Raoul Mort a shout out twice, not once, <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> He retweeted a picture of Joseph Fritzl, um, who was photo- photoshopped into a WWE World's Greatest Dad t-shirt. <laughs> it was definitely not a good year for the Hulkster, because uh, um, the big news about Hogan in, in that year was uh, he, it lets, that he was a massive racist. Um, and he thought he would use social media to to write the ship a little bit about this uh, this mindset that uh, that he was a racist. So he started retweeting um, people, essentially the, the, the same as what, uh, what um, Mantor said. He has gay friends, but, but Hulk went with the I have a black friend mode where he was a Jew right. retweeting pictures of famous black footballers uh, who claimed they were fans and they didn't believe that Hogan was racist so there were pictures of Colo Torre Danny Welbeck Rio Ferdinand and surprisingly Jack Wilcher uh, who <laughs> wasn't that black um, <laughs> well you say Hogan, wasn't he still isn't <laughs> in, a, in a, a further effort to prove he was uh, he wasn't racist and he was being unfairly treated he retweeted an account that said if Barack Obama can say the n-word and keep his job that hogan should be able to say the n-word and keep his his job too now barack did say the the n-word uh, but he was using it in context on a on a podcast to say um basically how the use of the word is it's it it should be it should be banned basically but hogan wanted to say that if if the president could say it god damn the hulkster can so this wasn't the end. He's, he, he's, he's not had a good time on social media. He would tweeted his support for a fan uh, who claimed their sister was HIV, HIV positive, but the picture of the, the fan's sister was Cheryl Cole. 
he docked, he doxed himself when he uh, tweeted out his own personal Ford number. Oh my word! He posted a picture of Bam Majera um, and said uh, he was so sad that his friend Bam had passed away. Bam Majera is not dead, uh, and he <laughs> mistook Bam for Ryan Dunn. And Bam actually replied saying, "Oh, I'm glad you love me, but I'm actually not dead." <laughs> He he retweeted an account that posted a picture of Bret Hart when the account claimed it was his uncle Tim. He posted a picture of himself holding his phone up with uh, with an image of AJ Styles on it, and then stood next to Hogan was a guy that the Hulkster claimed could be AJ Styles' brother. But it could have only been AJ Styles' brother if they had a different dad and a different mum and never looked like each other in the history of the world and then earlier this year he, he sent out a disturbing cry for help on, on, on Twitter he said that he had run out of toilet paper <laughs> oh dear yeah and then to kind of cap things off for Hogan and his, and his um, dalliances with social media he sounds off all of his tweets with HH, which is all good because it's Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Except HH is also the calling card for some not so nice people. I mean, you probably know them as, as Nazis. Uh, oh. They're fond of uh, obviously that, that famous Austrian painter, um, Adolf Hitler, uh, and HH stands for Hal Hitler. Um, so, oh. yeah. I didn't even no, make that link. It, He's not had a, a fun time. So this week, Hulk Hogan and his ridiculous social media is going in the Hall of Lame. Oh, man. That one, like, he's run out of toilet paper. <laughs> that was literally this year. He said, I need help. I have run out of toilet paper. What's he expecting people to do? Just migrate to his house? With I, of- I, I believe that that was meant to be a, a message to someone else like a text, a text yeah. and he's tweeted it out to the world probably to Brutus Beefcake <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming Hogan I'll wipe it for you come on brother quick <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan's social media activity yes indeed uh, mine for the Hall of Lame this week is to do with, I suppose, something fairly topical. Vince McMahon's creative. People are arguing if he's back in charge again and stuff like that, aren't yes. they? Now, I had a few options, so we might be revisiting some others in the future. But the one that really stood out to me was, do you remember when we were getting all the talent from NXT coming up and everyone was like, these guys are going to be superstars. Look what they've done in NXT and so on. Some did well, some not so well, as you know, very well documented. But this particular, not even a gimmick change, just an addition to a character, I still find absolutely baffling. And it was dropped as quickly as it came along. And I still find it completely just so obscure and alien. If you've got one of the greatest in-ring performers of his generation on your roster, you then decide to give him you know, this whole background of being ridiculously strong, which is carried off in the ring as well by some of the feats of strength he displays. He's having wonderful, fantastic wrestling matches with 
all sorts of opponents, all sorts of sizes and styles and techniques. You then give that individual the United States Championship. Things are looking good. The crowd are cheering for him. He's over. Would You don't really need to tinker with that at that moment in time, do you? However, oh. however, in 2013, Cesaro, in the middle of a United States Championship title reign, doing very well for himself, considering he's come up through NXT, and these people don't tend to do that well under McMahon's regime, all of a sudden had this addition to his character that he liked a bit of a sing-song, Max. But not just any sing-song, because he's from Switzerland. So he would come to the ring and yodel for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Nice Swiss pasta. It, exactly, exactly. That's, you can't, you can't, you can't walk ten yards in Switzerland without being bumping into a yodeler. I'll tell you that now. It's a nightmare over there, mate. Now, again, this gimmick was dropped as as quickly as it arrived. But the biggest thing for me was how unnecessary it was at that moment. How it really took the wind out of the sails of Cesaro because it made him a joke, and then how it made the United States title by association seem worthless. Just because Vince McMahon, Bruce Pritchard, and all his usual little group of friends decided he needs something else. So randomly, this guy was going to yodel. And I, I implore people to go and check it. Not, not spend too much time, because it's not fun, it's not good, but it needs to be seen. Go and check out Yodeling Cesaro. And just remember, this guy is a wrestling machine. But again, it just comes back to why does his mind work this way why why can't we have nice things max uh, I, I, I think with vince it's if it's not his product if it's not his idea it's it, he doesn't want it to succeed mm. i mean like he said cesaro was over he was so solo he had his own section Yes. the Cesaro section. It and killed that off. It killed that yeah. off. What kind of creative meeting goes, oh, Cesaro's doing great numbers. His merch sales are up. The fans are loving him. He's getting good reactions. Um, let's make him yodel. This <laughs> <laughs> is such good shit. Even, and even if you're going to get a yodeling character, in the year 2013, <laughs> how is that getting over? This is uh, this is new generation bullshit. This is mm. we've got a plumber, we've got an ass skater, got someone who works the bins. We need a yodeler. This is not. This is the the work rate era. This is where wrestlers are real people and extremely talented. And he wants someone to to come down wearing lederhosen and yodeling. It's fucking ridiculous. It is, but again. We can't have nice things. So those are your entrance into the chain wrestling hall of lame this week. We have Hulk Hogan's funny, odd, and very cringy social media activity. And we have Yodeling Cesaro. There we go. Magsy, shall we dive into the chat before we actually get on to our non-wrestling topic this week? Exactly. So um a lot of love for 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 Mantor. First, we'll start with this. Wrestling is getting dickish again. Uh, love this quote. That may or may not end up being a chain wrestling t-shirt. Um, 
Scottish Danny disappointed because he wanted Manto in the Hall of Fame for, uh, for years. Uh, King's Pigs Badders saying what an absolute uh, cockwomble. And then Scottish Danny went, Sar says, Nancy's WF star and Facebook. I automatically thought, what has Marty Ginetti done now? Exactly. Oh, I've had, um, I've had loads of fun interactions with Marty Ginetti as well. We can get to them another day. <laughs> King's Pigs Badders says, Marty Ginetti is the go-to. Um and for the first time in maybe history, Sharon has no words. So peaceful night for you tonight, sir. Um, <laughs> Scottish Daddy, there's no room in a locker room uh, for Manta either. Twat. Um, Connor, I really don't understand why it's hard to get uh, uh, why it's hard to get along. And on this kind of bit, uh, kind of behavior is really not needed, and it's motivating to get into law school and become a civil lawyer. Uh, representing LGBTQ people. Yeah, I I have never, as a middle-aged, privileged white person, I have never understood the the, the fascination of, of beating down other members of society. It's just not something that's ever entered my head, and I am ashamed of my generation as a whole for, for taking this kind of like, um, mindset up. If people are happy... If people uh, are comfortable with the with who they are, why does it affect you? Why does it bother you? Yeah, it's their it's their happiness. I would hate to to be that kind of person who stops somebody from from just being happy. And if you're happy, if you're not happy because of the the body you're in, or because of uh, the abuse you're getting from uh, your sexuality, or any anything that that makes you different and unique, I, I feel I feel your your pain because it's it's sad that we can't just be happy for people, and I just don't understand that mindset. It it just annoys me. It absolutely mm. annoys me. Yeah, I don't. And and then saying that. This ban annoys me as well because it made us watch Gilbert evening CWF. Hello, sir. How, <laughs> how are you? A Scottish daddy, you dropped in at a lovely time, Cam. Um, and Sharon uh, swearing, calling him a pedic. I'm assuming that's C bomb. C bomb. Yep, that's what it is. Okay. I don't think it is that, is it? Um, that's your mate, Dave. Um, Slap. Wrong choose of words, words there, but he does retract and says, uh, changes his greeting as he agrees in terror. All right, you big pair of sexual wrestling beer beasts. They say that's more <laughs> like it. Live and let live, sir. I like that. Uh, Connor says, All politicians are old lying cheats who need to get out of office. That goes for both parties. The same. Oh, dear, dear, dear few internet issues there can people in the chat let me know if uh it's my end or magsy's end magsy's frozen for me is that an issue that i have or is it what are you seeing in the chat please people in the cwf if you would let me know thank you very much uh what we have then let's have a little look look at me trying to use the chat aren't i clever laughing away rightfully so at the great racist orange one always funny to go giggle at that buffoon uh we have 
Dave Ari, my friend on Facebook here, saying, please can you say twice and right back again, Mags, you bloody legend. Uh, he's obviously not here, internet issues, so I'll do my best in the Magsy voice. Twice. I think that's kind of how it goes, isn't it? I'm hoping he's not back yet so he can't hear me do that because otherwise he'll be cross. Uh, Hulk Hogan has had a huge fall from grace, Connor says. In it, and it's a real shame. It's a real shame because uh, Hogan, I mean, I was a Hulkamaniac, seven, eight years of age. And seeing what's happened with, with, with Hogan and the whole race issue stuff and all that sort of thing, it's it's upsetting. Your heroes, you put up on a, a pedestal as a kid, don't you? And it's a real shame when you see them basically fall apart and and then that is that is sad that is sad uh sharon my lovely lady here in the chat saying oh my god totally forgot about that with regards to the yodeling um cesaro and also saying here she hates the treatment of nxt talent i mean butch what the fuck yes very true pete dunn was fantastic in nxt but there's so many of them isn't there that come up from NXT. And I look at tag teams as well. Tag teams just don't work out at all on the main roster. And I really don't know why. Uh, we have Matt Willis, or should I say Matt Lewis? Congratulations, my friend. I know I mentioned it on Twitter, I believe. I want to say it now whilst you're in the chat. Congratulations, Matt, to you and your partner, Chris, on tying the knot. Um, hopefully it was a fantastic time, a lovely ceremony. Really sorry me and Sharon couldn't make it. But yes, he says, yo, delay you. <laughs> <laughs> and he's correcting his own name there as well matt willis magnificent magnificent apologies matt lewis he says of course and we have other people popping in and saying hi uh cam saying hi to matt and congratulations on tying the knot uh, my youngest daughter charlie saying hello there and king pig's bladders hi matt hi charlie and then we have a little bit of confirmation saying that it's Maxi's internet. So there we go. Hope that, that's on one hand, that's good because it means I've not just sat here then and gone through the chat and spoken for the last couple of minutes for no bloody reason. But on the other side of the coin, it's a bit worrying because I don't really know what I'm doing. So there we go. Uh, Sharon, my wife, there showing the utmost level of faith in me. Oh no, Sire's been left to be the technical one. Mm, indeed, it is a bit of a struggle. It is a bit of a struggle. Uh, Cam Griffin here saying, There's your next image, King's Pig Bladders. Mags as Elsa. I actually think we could get a shot of Magsy this week because he's got, he's got, he's used his trimmers and he's given himself a bit of a shave, cut his, cut his hair back and whatnot. And he is looking a bit pale as well. I don't know if he's poorly again. I don't know what's going on there. But he does look a bit like Dizzy Egg, doesn't he? So. Yeah, maybe that's a, a drawing we could have knocked up. And also, Pigs Butters, I saw the Hall of Hall of Fame, sorry, Hall of Lame, sorry, uh, drawing on the Twitter, attached to the Chain Wrestling Twitter account, at Chain underscore Wrestling. Brilliant stuff, mate. As always, absolutely brilliant stuff. Charlie agreeing with her mum, saying that's never good, that I've been left in charge of the technical side of things. It is a bit of a concern, isn't it? Um, we have everyone here saying... You know, well, Matt Willis, Lewis, apologies, saying thank you, everyone, for the kind words. And Charlie saying congratulations. Sharon saying congratulations. And Cam here suggesting just pick a Gilberg match to review as filler side. But it's OK, because Dizzy Egg is, re is back. He has returned. <laughs> yeah, but my see, you jinxed me. My internet absolutely took a, a crap then. Yeah, so... Mm. We ran through the chat. Setting things. 
Uh, pain in the backside, mate. Pain in the backside. We've ran through the chat. We've gone through uh, the comments. I managed just about on my own, despite the fact that my wife and my daughter were, were you know, mugging me off and saying that it's a concern if I've got to be the technical one now. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, Sarah has been left to be the technical exactly. one. <laughs> Apologies, people. Hopefully that will be the last of my internet issues again. I hope so. I hope so, because I panicked then, because especially when you disappeared, when you were frozen, it was okay, because we got like the half and half screen, almost WCW 1996 Nitro split screen thing going on, I like that, but when you actually went, it zoomed in on me, and I felt like Garth on Wayne's World, when him and Wayne had an argument, and Wayne walked out, and they they came back on screen, and Garth was just kind of sat there looking at the camera, if you remember. Mm -hmm. It's a pressure I don't want, mate, it's a pressure I don't want. Well, now I am back, I will pick up on this comment. The magnific- man- magnificent Matt Lewis reporting. I struggled um, with that um, as well. <laughs> yeah, congratulations, Matt. Uh, lots of love to you and Chris. Uh, uh, I hope you had an amazing day. Um, yeah, I'm glad to see you guys happy. 100%. Oh. Charlie, you tell me not to lie to you, so I didn't lie. Fair play. Yeah, and she's she's right. She's right. And I did literally get to the end of the chat just as you re-emerged, which is great because I wouldn't know what button to press to start the, the whole non-wrestling topic thing, which I suppose we'll get to now, Magsy. Let me find it first, but yes, we will. <laughs> NWT time. Oh, no wrestling talk here. It's the non-wrestling topic. Lovely. Nice. Lovely. Nice. Oh, lovely. Lovely. Yes, that filthy, filthy belch means only one thing. It's non-wrestling topic time. And we had loads of responses to this week's topic, which basically is let's improve things. Let's ban stuff let's make laws that can improve the world uh, and the you know change rules in sport anything at all was was up for grabs magsy wasn't it it was uh and we got uh, a gamut of topics that, that the cwf are very passionate about we did we did it was inspired primarily by something that was said to me uh by a colleague at work who says that they come up with these ideas and he wasn't being serious it was all tongue-in-cheek but penalties in football and it, he says that it annoys him when somebody gets fouled in the box and then the designated penalty taker takes the penalty. Understands why, but why can't the guy who foul, got fouled take it? And then mm-hmm. added on to that, the person who committed the foul should be made to go in goal. And I thought that would be fantastic TV. That, that, would, be, that would be brilliant. <laughs> that would be great. So that's kind of where we uh, got inspired from for this week's non-wrestling topic and i'll just run through them on twitter in the order they arrived into us mags okay awesome <laughs> which means nothing to you <laughs> uh we begin with ben at witticisms of ben on twitter he says i would improve tutting as it does my nutting the noise of a tut shall hereby be replaced by the noise of a mating fox <laughs> <laughs> brilliant <laughs> That way, the tutter shall be rendered utterly embarrassed, beginning the extinction of tutting. Okay. I mean, how would that work? You just, you go to tut and that noise would come out instead, I'm assuming. Instead of, it'd be, well, the sound of a mating fox. Like, I was going to say, I was so hoping you would make the noise. Is that what they sound like, is it? I have no idea. That's an uh, an artist's rendition. 
is of it? a mating fox. Is it? You've got you've only got no idea what a mating fox sounds like because you gag the ones you attack. Oh, you're gonna be as rude as you like with me. Um, <laughs> hey, now I have chickens. I have to shoot the foxes. Very true. Very true. On that note as well, I see that your name has changed on the old StreamYard here. At Pod Farmer, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I only just noticed. It's brilliant. I only uh, did it an hour ago. Yeah, well, there you go. It takes me a little while, these things, mate. Connor, at Connor Knows Footy on Twitter. He says, I would change the offside rule in football. For starters, in order for it to be offside, the ball must be in front of the defender where it's dealt and obvious that the defender won't catch up with the attacker and therefore no more of this arm, toe, nail, nose, etc. offside calls we get now. I'm not 100% sure how he means he's going to change that. I mean, obviously, Twitter is tricky because you're limited with characters, Magsy, so that does hinder people with their response. But yeah, the old VAR thing, it can be a bit annoying, can't it? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have a particular problem with the offside rule in a, in and of itself. Um mm-hmm. I, th- I think a lot is made out um, that it's hard to to understand, and I don't think that's particularly true. But I do agree with um, with the fact that VAR has absolutely ruined offside. I, I it used to be way better when the there was a it was a little bit more favored uh, favored towards the striker if they had a if they had a good good chance. There was a little bit of leeway. Now it's ridiculous. I mean, I've seen people giving offside because their parts of their body that can't even make contact with the ball legally uh, are offside. It's re- mm. like someone's hand was was in front of someone, and it was it was classed as offside. Yeah, ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. So yeah, I agree with him in that. It need, needs to be just more sensible. It must be applied more sensible. Needs a bit of tweaking and needs to be, you know, these decisions made. A bit quicker as well, sometimes. <laughs> Dan Griffin, at Dan Griffin 21 on Twitter. He says, having spent so long in customer-facing jobs, I would make it law that staff could reciprocate any and all varieties of shitty attitudes that they encounter. No more pandering to Karens, no more enduring the bullshit. You chat shit, you get shit back. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm about that. Yep, yeah, I agree. I can't stand Karens. And, mm. and is uh, the, the male crew, Kevin's or whatever they are. Uh, yeah, just the just boil my piss, absolutely boil my piss. And if you give uh, retail staff grief, you should expect to get that grief thrown straight back at you. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Without doubt, that should even maybe even be like some sort of a buzzer. You got to stand on a certain spot to talk to the staff, and if you get too you know aggressive, they can press a button and just shock you or something. Just really try and wind you in a bit. Just bring slaps. Just if someone starts giving like being a, a Karen, and I'd like to speak to the manager, just slap across the chops. And... <laughs> yeah, okay, fair enough. Uh, Danny at Scottish Juggalo on Twitter, he says, New law, all disputes between friends must end with someone getting thrown through a barbershop window. <laughs> I mean, it works. I mean, look how, how it severed the relationship between uh, Michaels and Marta Ginetta. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's a very definitive end to a friendship. I don't know how you'd be yeah. friends again afterwards, but yeah. 
And I also think that you'd need something set up, maybe some kind of government funding for all these barber shops that are going to need windows replacing. <laughs> because <laughs> the glass companies would would have an absolute field there. There you go. There you go. Uh, at Pigs Bladders on Twitter, he says, I would ban scratch cards. Yeah, they seem harmless enough. A momentary rush of adrenaline. And at worst, you've lost a couple of quid. And for most people, that's what it is. But not for all. I see more and more people. Obviously, he works uh, for you know a big retail company, so he sees this himself. I see lots of people, more and more people, sorry, spending more and more. Some up to £50 cashing in the winners and then buying more. And they do that every day. One chap was spending over £200 a day and never made anywhere near as much back. But it's e- an easy trap to fall into, chasing that elusive win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I, I would extend that as well to not only scratch cards, but um, to these um, roulette machines that you get in, in bookies and uh, amusement arcades. <sighs> they They are horrible. To, to people with um, gambling issues, it's it's they, they just take the people's money, and it's 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 so sad. I have a uh, someone who I know who he once won, I think about a hundred and fifty quid on a roulette, um, and it, it got this. You get a paper slip, what you then take to the cashier to to get your money and he fed that paper slip straight back into the machine lost lost a lot i've known people who get paid on a friday and by friday afternoon they've spent all of the money uh on, on these roulette machines um so yeah scratch cards is i i totally agree um it's that instant fix of adrenaline uh, that the next card might be the big winner and it's 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 just preying on people um yeah, so I, I massively agree with him. Mm. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, we have a bit more here from at Pigs Bladders. After a lovely shift at work today, Easter Sunday, he's putting brackets, our shop was the only shop open in the area. Needless to say, it was like a it was like a madhouse of forgotten Easter shit. So I would make it so all shops shut on bank holidays. I'm sure people can manage for 24 hours. But where are people going to get their last minute Easter eggs. You haven't mm. thought about that, have you, King Pigs Bladders? Yeah, you're right. Um, I, I would think mm, you'd need something open in case of emergencies because you, you get you get those people that are just dicks and don't bother and then last minute panic buy and all that sort of stuff. But then, I mean, I've been caught out before when Charlie was very little and we needed, I don't know whether it was she'd lost her, her dummy or she needed um, some milk. I mean, she was a very, she literally was a baby and I had to go traipsing all over time because everywhere was shut. So in those scenarios, you do kind of need something. But from the aspect that Pig's Bladders is looking at it, just dickheads forgetting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I can see both sides of the, the, the coin. Um, so, yeah. It, it, I don't think there's an easy fix then, if, you, if that's mm. the issue. Um, I think maybe if a local shop or local shops stayed open, but then like the bigger supermarkets had set towns when they they closed down, who knows? But yeah, it's, it's pandering to dickheads, which I just don't like doing. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, Rob at UTT Rob on Twitter. 
He says, I know this is a non-wrestling topic, but he's going to break the rules, Magsy, just like you. Well, just, just ignore it and move on to the next one. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> Wrestling needs a governing body that will investigate and weed out the wrong ones, enforce health and safety procedures, put risk management in place to prevent dangerous spots, and engage meaningfully with trade unions on employed employment practices. Yeah, I'd go along with that. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it will ever happen. If it hasn't no. happened already, I don't think it ever no. will. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not too sure about prevent dangerous spots because how would you prevent that you'd end up punishing people after the fact as opposed to beforehand wouldn't you because some yeah, people just don't do it anyway i i think as well you would um you would limit creativity in wrestling because mm. there'd be so many um wrestlers who 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 want to kind of be be the next big thing and they want to do a move that nobody's ever been done before. And if there's kind of like a risk assessment in place uh, for them to, to not do certain aspects of that move, they may not be become the wrestler that they, they, they had the opportunity to become. The, the first part, I absolutely agree that there should be some sort of uh, governing body. Uh, the issue is it, wrestling still is a massive boys club. Uh, yep. And the people at the top um, are so well paid and indoctrinated in, in the in the wrestling system that there's no way to get that that uh, that body to govern over 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 the lot of them. So unfortunately, it's, it's something that that is not going to happen, um, mm. which is which is sad to hear. But it's the way of the world. It's the, it's the same pretty much in, in, um, in mixed martial arts in, uh, UFC and, uh, and MMA because the, to have a union, you need pretty much all of the, the, the people involved in that, in that, um, industry to, to agree and get along. And the problem is when, uh, certain fighters or certain wrestlers are getting paid millions and millions of dollars, they're not going to really care about the the uh, the quality of conditions for someone making fifty dollars. No. It's not it's not in their benefit to um, castrate the system when they're already making money hand over fist. So it, it's just not workable. Mm. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Cam at camgriff ninety two on Twitter. Anyone using a parent and child space at a supermarket but doesn't have a child present, e- e- immediate automatic car crushing. I'm yeah. 100% on that. And extend that to disabled spots as well. Yes. I, I cannot stand when uh, people um, parking the, the child, uh, the, the parent and child or the disabled parking. Um, it, another thing that absolutely boils my piss. It really does because those are there for people who are less fortunate than you. And mm. you just, cause you can't be bothered walking that extra 10 feet to, to the, the supermarket. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh dear. At Morty and Fitch podcast on Twitter at Morty underscore Fitch underscore pod. As discussed on our show, dressage. Get the horses pissed. It, oh my goodness sake. It'd make it much more entertaining. Who wouldn't want to see a horse do a slut drop? Well, <laughs> me, to be fair. <laughs> when, I, when I read this, um, it reminded me of the, the Phoenix Nats um, episode where 
the get a horse pissed in in the pub, and it takes a shit on his on uh, Brian Potter's cork floor, and he's not happy about it. Yeah, I mean, who wants to watch a couple of horses fighting about being pissed though? Mm. It doesn't seem fun. It seems quite dangerous. That's it's quite a, cruel, isn't it? Yeah. That that's got to be a fitch. Yeah, I can. Idea. If Morty's come up with that, I'm disappointed. <laughs> if Fitch come has come up with it, I'm actually impressed. He's used like like commas and things. Punctuation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Millwall Chris at Millwall Chris one on Twitter. He says, anybody who doesn't like watching some sort of sporting activity should be buried alive. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this has taken a turn. Uh, uh, along with people who say, I don't really like music. What's wrong with you people? That is, that is true. I mean, not liking sport. I get that. I mean, uh, even that, though. M- my mum and dad would say they there's don't like There's something that you like. There's, yeah, there's, there's got to be say, a yeah. sport you like. Yeah, I mean, even if my mum and dad around and say, oh, well, I don't really like sport, which my dad doesn't, for example there are still some sports he will watch on TV. You know, it just means literally like football and, and, and stuff like that. And, and those people who go, I don't really like music. What the, what a load of shit. Yeah. I don't get that. It's one of the, the most pleasant forms of entertainment. I mean, music, it, it can excite, it can energize, it can make you, um, it can relax you. You can. You can it tells uh, amazing stories. How do you not like music? I get not liking certain musics. It's yes. not your cup of tea. Uh, like heavy rock is the devil's piss, in it. But um, <laughs> the devil. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw some out here now. You didn't have the end of that sentence when you started it, did you? No, and no. you've only just realised that now. I'd never have the end of the start <laughs> sentence before I start any sentence. No, um, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, there's genres of music that I'm not a particular fan of. I, I don't like jazz so much. Uh, I don't like um, jazz. But somebody likes that kind of music and it, and they enjoy it. And I don't get when you say that you don't like any music whatsoever. That's ridiculous. You can't, that it's not true. It's just not true. It's just people being knobheads in it. It's just, they're just yeah. being knobheads. Yeah. Uh, a bit more here from our friend Cam at Cam Griff 92 on Twitter. Football need a harder stance and to set better examples. None of this crowding the ref, waving for cards, falling over oh, when you're hit stand with that. the force of a fart. Tighten up. Give out reds constantly and pens if they abuse officials, etc. Hopefully that'd soon stop. Yeah, I agree with all of that. The issue mm-hmm. there would be if you're sending people off uh, and you get you go that extra mile and you are super strict and it's a case of, oh, you've dived off or oh, you've abused this referee off. You're then, I think, going to have to use VAR more because you, if you're making that definitive decision, there's no yellow cards, there's no warnings or anything. You're, go, you're really clamping down on it. It has to be 100% guaranteed that you're getting the right decision. Mm-hmm. You know, So I think yeah. you're going to have more VAR decisions if that was to happen, but I'd be okay with that. Or maybe we could have um, kind of like an, an ass hockey uh, scenario where you have a sin bin. If the ref um, deems that you've been a, a bit of a bell end, five minutes, ten minutes in the sin bin, and your team then has to deal with the consequences for for you being a pillock, and then you come mm. back on and you you behave yourself. Maybe that would work. Yeah. 
Do you remember going back probably about 20 odd years? I, I don't know if this is real. I might have just dreamt this. But it's <laughs> a good start. <laughs> Do you remember when referees had the power that they give a free kick and if there was dissent, they could move it forward 10 yards? Yeah, they did used to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Because David Beckham would be like, no, don't, because I'd rather it further back here and, yeah. and stuff like that. But yeah, that, yeah, that, I thought that was quite good. Yeah, but now they've got a kind of shaving cream where they can mm. mark exactly where the ball goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's ridiculous, isn't it? The fucking little the little can of Gillette shaving cream. No, I don't think that's ridiculous. I think that's brilliant. Really? I've seen yeah. referees draw over people's boots with it, so when they move, the line moves. Oh yeah, you've got to use it properly. You can't be drawn on people's feet. But you think back in the you know, back before this, and it was it was you know it just happened in a World Cup and all of a sudden it was everywhere, didn't it? To my memory. But before that it was a case of so many arguments, right? The wall has moved back forward. The referee's got to pace it back out again. They've moved the ball across to a better spot to kick it from. And, you know, little dot where the ball was, lying where the wall is, job's done. It's it eradicated all of those problems. I mean, yeah, I get the point, but it just looks ridiculous. Fair enough. <laughs> Do you remember, I think it was in the MLS when they, they changed the penalty rule. Uh, and to take penalties, you had to had to have the ball on the halfway line, and you run with the ball at the keeper, and you had to. That was it. ah, that was um, going back to like the nineties, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it was it wasn't if it was a penalty in the game. It was the it penalty was, shootout. Yeah, yeah. It was because if they if a league match drew, because they don't have draws in America, do they? So if no. you had a if you had a league match that ended level, they would have five people run and, and you had five seconds to shoot so the referee would blow his whistle and you could kick it 20 yards in front of you and chase it the keeper would come off his line i loved that i thought that was really good yeah it was cool you'd see mm. people taking long shots or people trying to trick the 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 goalkeeper into committing yeah that was a good way of doing it yeah it was excellent it was really good uh we have here glenn abbott at ga wrestlenet on twitter hello sir he says ban celebrities from doing podcasts if you've got millions of listeners on a major radio station, there's a big enough platform there to air your views. BBC stars don't need to do podcasts. It's just a way of trying to be trendy. Just leave us enthusiastic amateurs to it. Yeah, fuck them. I, I wholeheartedly agree with this. Um, every time that there's a new um, technology or a new kind of media that comes out, it's ruined when celebrities get their filthy paws on it. One because they they take all of the the available money in in that for 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 people who who, who do the hard graft. Not I'm not saying that that that's that I am bitter that this isn't my um my job. But you see, for example. The Bellas, the Bella Twins, they started doing a podcast. They get paid a hell of a lot of money for doing it, and it's the most amateur bullshit stuff that you'll ever ever hear. It's ridiculous, and and it's they've only got a podcast because one, it was the cool thing to do, and two, they get paid a stupid amount of money for doing it. Mm. It's it just annoys me. I mean, celebrities have started doing TikTok now because. It's the cool thing to do. 
and I think when a celebrity gets involved, it kind of kills the the scene because people are going to gravitate towards that celebrity. And, yes. and as Glenn said, they've got a fan base already. They've got millions of listeners. Um, they've got uh, millions of hours on their on their uh, social media. What they're doing is taking hours off other smaller creators. And yeah, I, I've, I've never, I've never liked that. Mm. I mean, I, I think there is a place for some of it. I mean, for example, I really like listening to Eric Bischoff's podcast. I, I, mm-hmm. I find so much, you know, so much of that fascinating because he's done so much, you know, and, and Jeff Jarrett as well. But then there are other celebrity podcasts I listen to. And, and you look on their Twitter accounts and they've got like 3 million followers or whatever. And they're up there in the charts of these download numbers and all this. And I can't remember who it was. It was an XWCW guy. But um, the sound quality was atrocious. The editing was atrocious. There was moments where you could hear the guy coughing and spluttering and going to his host. I just need to go for the toilet. Is this a bang podcast? I think. No, 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 no. <laughs> and I'm thinking, bloody hell! If that came out under under our banner, Magsy, you'd be fuming. I'd be embarrassed. I'd be, yeah. I'd be devastated. You know? Yeah, but yeah. There we go. But then you you, you mentioned uh, uh, those podcasts. But then you look at the the other side of that coin. All of those are fronted by part of the Conrad Thompson group. Yes, yeah. Well, I mean, the the, shod, the shoddy one I was referencing—that was one I listened to a couple of years ago. Haven't gone back. It's not part of Comrade Thompson's um, ad-free shows or whatever he calls it now. But yeah, the the Bischoff one, the Jarrett one. Yes, yes. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that Conrad Thompson is kind of one of those people that jumped on the podcasting um, scene and milked it dry for all of the money it's worth. Which fair play to me. He's a businessman. He, he's. Uh, it's there to to make money, but he then said that there is no money in podcasting. But that's because he's taken all of the sponsors and the money, <laughs> and then smaller people they they have to scratch and claw, mm. um, even though they they quite possibly were podcasting well before Conrad and his ilk dipped their toes in. Mm. I mean, Tony Schiavone is another one, I suppose. Tony Schiavone was approached by comrade thompson to do a podcast said he was going to do it for a while and his whole motivation was to try and raise money to pay for one of his daughter's weddings yeah i got no issue with that he's getting he was getting asked questions and telling stories from his days on the road and and so on you know that's absolutely fine and like you said comrade's a businessman he's made lots of money out of this good luck to the fella you know but when people are like you said max just jumping on the bandwagon it's just like come on the, the Bellas are the perfect example. I think you brought them up and were spot yeah. on there. So it's that time of the week again. We hear from our good buddy Steve-O at Total Steve-O on Twitter. Who, <laughs> he does rant. Yes, he does indeed. Who, uh, if you're not listening to Steve-O's WWF history podcasts, go and check them out at Total Steve-O on Spotify. You can find it as well at Total Steve-O on Twitter. Uh, Magsy's been on there. I've been on there. Uh, Scottish Danny's been on there. Loads of loads of our our group of people have been on there looking at different aspects of that particular time in the WWF and it's fascinating stuff. Uh, Steve-O says, Everybody say what time is it? Steve-O. To start, I'd ban music streaming. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, and I kind of agree. It has destroyed the industry, specifically for bands making significant amounts of money. Mm-hmm. They now rely on merchandise sales, and even when, then, I recently found out venues now take a cut of that, so I'd ban that too. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, there was um Wasp toured recently, and they literally on certain shows didn't sell merch. And the person was sat behind the table telling people, here's, here's our website, go buy it off there. Because sir, I think it was Bristol Academy was one of the big problems. They wanted to take up to a 45% cut of their merchandise mm-hmm. sales. That's disgusting. Yeah. That is I terrible. think uh, there's, there's been a lot of issues uh, as well with uh, this, a similar thing with Ticketmaster and Live Nation. I think they're both now the same company, um, harking up prices of tickets and... Um, the guy from the cure, I can't remember his name. Mark, is it Mark? Mark Smith. No, um, he basically went on to uh, social media and, and said that he what he, he, he fought arm and um, arm and hammer to to keep his ticket prices low, um, and then Ticketmaster started putting the price up. So he he basically said that he would refund. Um, a lot of people, the 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 uh, difference. Um, that's fantastic. T- Taylor Swift and her um, group of fans actually um, made Ticketmaster back down on there. They had a, a a policy called dynamic pricing, which basically means um, supply and demand. If there's a massive su- uh, demand for tickets, the price goes up, uh, and and tickets were for. On, and this isn't the resale market. This is on Ticketmaster itself. Mm. Were a thousand dollars to go and see Taylor Swift just because so many people wanted to go, uh, and sh- uh, her fan base and and her basically caused a massive stink. And uh, Ticketmaster have kind of like backed away from that. But yeah, it's uh, ridiculous how uh, these companies that that aren't musicians that aren't creating the content or aren't creating the 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 art make more money off them than the musicians do. That's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, we're pressed for time. We've got a lot of wrestling to talk as well, so I don't want to dive too deep into it. But a while back, Gene Simmons from Kiss said that rock music and and heavy metal and and music in general is dead. Mm -hmm. And laughed at him and said, what about this new band? What about this new band? And so on. And then in in another interview, he had to kind of justify what what he meant. And he pointed out, if you take, say, Elvis beginning in the 50s, right up to, say, 1988, 89, and then from the same period, the same, you know, you're looking at 30-ish years, same time period, go from 88, 89 to present day. How many new bands have become megastars in that period in comparison to bands from Mm -hmm. back then? And he's right. And, And a lot of it came down to, streaming and uh, all that sort of stuff i mean it's a it's a different podcast for a different day but yeah absolutely fascinating points he was making uh, steve-o says overtime bans in retail stop it we're struggling enough and you think banning people coming in is the solution to save money idiots yeah let people earn money yeah there's overtime exactly. there let them earn the money exactly my brother and i know my brother and i know many will agree that getting rid of a maximum speed limit on the motorway at night between 11 p.m. and 5 a.m. and you can drive as fast and obviously as safely as you like between those times. Uh, Traffic lights, if red, are safe to go through if you're allowed to drive through legally and safely. Okay, I understand. So if if the roads are dead, 
I guess it's leaving pe- the issue with that is you're, you're relying on people having common sense yeah. and a person can be smart, but people are fucking idiots. Yeah. But then on the, on the other side, the, um, the autobahn in Germany where there are sections of the road that have no speed limit. Um, and they are generally the safest roads because people, uh, I, I don't know what it is about being able to go as fast as, 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 as you possibly can but there 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 aren't as many crashes as there are on roads that have speed limits so mm. it does work but you are you do have to rely on people not being bell ends which is hard tricky yes uh steve-o adds to the var discussion he says i know it's not the technology but ban var i hate yeah. every goal scored we go and check var <laughs> fair enough uh ban pure gym for playing music between 12 and 5 at full blast as if you're in a nightclub. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I can understand why they would have music on, but I like the idea that people, you know, pop your headphones on, listen to your own stuff, or if you don't yeah. want to hear music. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah, you know. you're right. Uh, I'd automatically ban anyone that can't adhere to the driving of the speed limit, i.e. doing 15 in a 20. Uh, I, don't, I don't really agree with that one. I say to the wife a lot, it's called a speed limit, not a speed target. <laughs> no, he's saying about uh, being under dramatically. Yeah. The speed yeah. limit is the is the fastest you are allowed to go. Hmm. It's not a target. You have to get to that speed. No, fair enough. You can drive slower than that speed. I, I, I get the, the annoyance of ridiculously slow people. They piss me off just as much as anyone. But I do also think that it's not a target. You don't, not everybody wants to drive at 70 miles an hour. Fair enough. And Steve also says he'd ban 20 mile an hour speed limits in London full stop, apart from around schools, obviously. I mean, I do hate the 20 mile an hour speed limits, but I get why it's there. It, it's to mm. curb accidents with, with children. So, okay. Well, he does say apart from around schools. So, I mean, children don't just only hang around schools, though. That's usually nonsense. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Steve-O continues, if anyone, <laughs> if anyone reads this in the uh, fantasy Premier League community, there's a few rules they'd want to change. I'd like to speak to Steve about that and see, see what he means. I'd dabble a little <laughs> bit with fantasy. Oh, I'm, not any, I'm no good at it at all, but I'd be interested to see what rules people would like to change. That'd be interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris Bellis at Real Chris Bellis on Twitter. I would happily make a new rule where nobody's allowed to be offended by anyone's opinions or beliefs. This is no way condoning the stuff people say sometimes, but and extremism in any form is still evil. But we all have a core belief system that won't fit in with everyone else. Mm, interesting. Yeah, live and let live. Mm-hmm. Uh, I yeah. like that philosophy. Uh, and lastly, on Twitter, I think it is lastly, we have Ja at Yalmoroit. I love Twitter. this one. I love this one. <laughs> moaning. He would ban moaning. Here's me moaning about moaning. You ever seen a game of moaning tennis? Most days at work and when we meet with mates, does my head in. So draining. I've drained myself moaning now. Stop moaning, smile and do something about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is a motto to live by if there ever was one just Indeed. shut up morning <laughs> uh we have one more magsy via whatsapp from our good friend matt lewis there you go first time i said that right, screwing up uh on whatsapp here he says 
I've always said that when I come to power, not not if, when, <laughs> when I come to power, then I'm making changes. So expect these laws come to pass immediately, my lord. I'm making it compulsory to drink beer with every meal. Okay. Anyone unemployed will one. be in. Yeah. Anyone unemployed will be employed to drive old people around and look after them. Might be a bit of a hindrance if everyone's drinking all day, but okay, fair enough. The, you know, uh, I'm seeing flaws in this in this plan. Mm, yes, all lower league football must let all under 16s in for three. Yeah, that's a great show. Yeah, I don't know. That yeah. We need to fill the lower league grounds definitely. Anyone driving too slow on the motorway will be picked off by snipers and selected by me. Oh dear. Okay, so you want people to be drinking all day and then driving very quickly or they get shot. Is that kind of what we're doing? Driving very quickly with elderly people in the car with them. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, Rushing to get their children to football for nothing. And (laughs) (laughs) everyone will get a turn being Tang Crier in their time. (laughs) Brilliant. Announcing births, deaths, and most importantly, last call for each pub. That is awesome. Would you want to be Town Crier, Max? I would love to be Town Crier for a day. I think I would get permanently banned from it after one day. But yeah, yeah. I'd, have, I'd have a do at that. Fair enough. Uh, also, thanks, Mags, for hating on Karen's. That's my mother's name. Well, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's not people named Karen. It's it's Karen's. That you don't have of, to be. Yeah. yeah, you don't have to be named Karen. Some Karens yes. are lovely. Indeed. I had an ex-girlfriend called Karen when I was 13, 14. I bet she was lovely. Yeah, she, yeah well, a long time ago now. I'm an old man now, aren't I? But yeah, you know. She was actually half of a twin, Magsy. She was half of a twin. Half a twin, yeah, just the bottom half. <laughs> no, she was half of a pair of twins. Yes. <laughs> People used to ask, how did you tell them apart? And I thought it was quite easy. Karen used to paint her nails black and um, Malcolm had a cock. So. <laughs> brilliant uh yes so there we go shall we dive through the chat quickly before we actually get on to talking a bit of wrestling this, minutes so into thought, this podcast where did you get up to on the chat um i'm not sure well we'll get there anyway uh matt says we love you all and i can't wait for dan griffin to tell you my mag's impression it gets better when drinking i don't agree that that's true um sharon says a mating fox screams sounds like someone getting attacked jesus um she also says the offside should be clear and obvious like other decisions are yeah exactly King Pig's Bladder says cattle prod all the way. I mean, that solves so many problems. Having a cattle prod, if someone's a, a knobhead, bzzz, yep, not wrong with that. Uh, Cam says uh, <laughs> if, someone, if someone is uh, um, complaining, they should have to hold a phallic object. Yeah. yeah give them something to shake at the person. <laughs> um, Sharon says also boxing Gloucester shot on Easter Sunday, but obviously the smaller shops stay open. Yeah, that's as long as there's there's somewhere for you to for emerging, yeah. not just if you're oh I fancy a, a beer, I'll leave it till the very last minute to go down and get him. Yeah, that's your own fault. Um Cam says a set of rams for wrestling would be a rat nightmare. Uh I agree with Rob, there should be some sort of pro, uh, protection to all involved in the spot. Yeah, I agree. Um and <laughs> now performing the slut drop, Shergar. Sure <laughs> I'd watch. 
Um, Matt says, with regards to music, he doesn't have a favorite can, but everybody likes some music, even if it's bagpipes. Yeah, I mean, bagpipes are cool. The recorder, that's the triangle. It's all music. Uh, Cam says, get rid of VAR as well. Cards galore. Maybe my rugby bias, but uh, we call the ref, sir, etc. Just spoils my blood, the shit that footballers carry on with. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Matt says, if they're not drawing over their boots, it's proved that if they're drawing over their boots, it's proved they're not far, back far enough. Yeah, again, it's just ridiculous uh, when they draw a line and then the the the, the footballers can just move that line because it's it's their line is their boots. Um, Cam says they're still uh, uh, doing rugby uh, side, even if you're telling yourself to fuck off after giving a penalty. Where boom, ten yards. Yeah, right. Good. Okay. Cam wants to know what our thoughts are when they screw out the white line or if they have a corner when it's barely on the line. The corner thing annoys me so much. I mean, what does that extra millimeter even, it, what does it make up? It, it's ridiculous that a footballer has to have it the furthest away from the corner to to, to cross the ball. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Obviously, the rule is the whole ball has got to be over the line for it to not be whatever, hasn't it? You know, yeah. So they're not breaking any rules, so it doesn't really bother me. And I understand some places, like lower league grounds, like the corners uh, can be a bit worn. And I mean, Old Trafford as well, for example, you've got that really weird drop off right by the goal line, haven't you? At the stretch yeah, there, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's a bit weird, but just in general, it is a bit of a bit of a funny thing to do, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, on to the podcasting and Cam says the Bellas wouldn't get anywhere near being on the uh, SJP World Media Channel I mean that that would be a that would be a decision for the boss I don't know who that is <laughs> the Bellas the bo- you're the boss clearly no right yeah okay right uh, Sharon says if they actually have something to say then I think why not it's when people like the twins do something because they're getting paid you should do it for the joy not just because Yep, spot on, spot on. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. If we make money, fantastic. But yeah, spot on. Oh, Magsy Monday cough. Exactly, exactly. Um, Matt says he's coming on to the Steve or uh, show soon. So yeah, that'll be a, a, a cool listen. And then he says... Coming up on Steve O's. I mean, that is that a double entendre? Well, I, was, I say, I'm, I'm reading it as is in the chat because Sharon actually makes a comment next that you're going to probably find quite amusing. Make sure, <laughs> I didn't see that one. Make sure he's aware then, Matt. No one likes that kind of surprise. Wash your mouth out, Sharon. Um, Matt, uh, King Pigsweather says, Matt, I'm still waiting for my piece of cake. And then Matt says, you should have asked Dan, Rob or Chris to bring it back up. Um, King Pigsweather saying he likes this new world order. Uh, referring to Matt's uh, law plans, and he's Matt agrees they may be flawed. <laughs> yeah, teething problems, mate. That's all teething problems. It'll be fine. King's Pigs Banner says a group of Karens are called a complaint, uh, and then Sharon picks you up on your stupidity once again. Half Only of half of a twin. She she was half of a twin. <laughs> uh, Charlie. That was enough there for Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I'm going. Off. Had enough. My dad is a is an idiot. He thinks the <laughs> twins come in halves, uh, and and she's off. But yeah, that's the the oh. chat all caught up. 
Brilliant stuff. Speaking of pigs badders, we have had a lovely image sent to us on the Chain Wrestling Twitter account, at Chain underscore wrestling. And we have just here, if you can make it out, Magsy as... That is... It's bullying. That is bullying. Magsy as Dizzy Egg. So Not Sarah holding the hands of a half of a twin. Or anything (laughs) like that. But no, well, that's only to be fair, me. that's only just happened. You got to give the guy time, <laughs> creativity <laughs> does take time. Um, Maxi, we better speak some wrestling, mate, because time is a flying. I mean, it's not a long match that we have to watch, but let's do it anyway. Uh, let's get ready. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Uh, let's get ready. Crack on. You'll have to insert music here. Let's get ready to rumble. Uh, Let's get ready to rumble. I give up. It's not going to work, people. It works that time. I saw it. It, Yeah, it didn't work for me. But anyway, if it's on the audio, that's fine. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> the match that won the poll this week was my selection, surprisingly enough. And we are heading back to 2005, a pay-per-view in Puerto Rico, which yes. is topical, as Magsy pointed out last week, because we have a pay-per-view in Puerto Rico coming up via the we WWE. We this do. is New Year's Revolution. And we are looking at the Elimination Chamber match for the vacant World Heavyweight title. Now, I could not remember this when I put it forward. People in the chat that night said that it's one of the better Elimination Chamber matches. It's a great shout, etc., etc. Even halfway through this, I'm thinking, I must have watched it. I must have. But I still couldn't remember it. It was almost like I was watching it brand new, Magsy. (laughs) Is this one that stands out in your mind? Have you seen it recently or... Um, I've not watched it too recently, uh, but I did remember the match. Uh, uh, I remember that the the storyline going into it about the crumble of of uh, evolution and, and uh-huh, Triple yes. H, um, kind of almost belittling Batista uh, and using him as a as a lackey. Uh, and then I think that if I remember rightly, was the title vacant because. Um, I'm sure, was it Edge? Edge and Benoit, I think, had, were in a match and Edge had pinned Benoit, but Benoit had also got the submission on Edge. I think it was Edge. Um, that might, that uh, might be wrong. This, uh, this, it, there's a piece of commentary in this match where it says that Edge has never been world champion. It may not have been Edge, though, but the the, re- the the reason why the title was vacant, vacant was because uh, there were two referees involved in, in this match. Uh, one had, had, had seen that Benoit had won the match. One had seen that his opponent won the match. It's going to annoy me now that who, who, who he actually was. Uh, it Was it Trips? It might have been Trips. Right, okay. It's very likely it actually was trips, um, but yeah, that, the title was held vacant because of that. Uh, and then people you think trial to... end of trial end of two thousand and four. Yeah. So Orton won it at SummerSlam two thousand and four. He dropped it to Triple H. So that would make sense, I think. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was it was held up by Eric Bischoff, and then a chamber match was organised. I believe in the run up to the chamber match, the um, the they had like a, a gauntlet uh, where the, the 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 person who won their match the quickest got the last 
uh, spot in the in the chamber. So yes. they they came out sixth, which ended up being Batista. Um, so yeah, um, there was a lot of moving parts in in this match. Um, mm. Edge had an issue with Shawn Michaels, um, who was the referee. So there was a lot of uh, moving parts. Then obviously you've got the whole evolution thing there. And then you've got the mate weight of, of Jericho and Benoit, who mm-hmm. are b- brilliant workhorses, but no real storyline going into this, I suppose. Yeah, I suppose they were just there to kind of make the numbers up. And, and like you said, they were the workhorses, weren't they? Um, it does make you wonder why wasn't Michaels involved in the match itself then? Was he yeah. injured at this point? I don't I know. Think he, I think he had a knee injury, if I remember right. right. So he hadn't just lost his smile or some nonsense. <laughs> no. But there we go. There we go. I mean, I suppose when you look you look across that the, the raw roster, Michaels does an argument there was the biggest star they had at this point. Him and Triple yeah. H, do you think? Yeah. You, know, well, you look at everyone else though. Triple H was kind of forced into the biggest star position, kind of like the Roman Reigns, where he it was that Triple H reign of terror right, era, yeah. but but in terms of actual star power, yeah, Shawn Michaels is head and shoulders above anyone in this match. Yes, indeed. Uh, in case anyone missed the, uh, the lineup, I guess, Shawn Michaels is the guest referee, as Magsy said. And we have Edge versus Triple H versus Randy Orton versus Batista versus Chris Jericho versus Chris Benoit. What a collection of entrance themes <clears throat> these guys have. And a lot of like the old school ones as well. Yes. Uh, Randy Orton's original. Um, hey, yeah. so good. Uh, Batista's original one, mm. yeah, some great, great entrance music. I mean, it's just, it's just an elite level um, collection of wrestlers. Yes, isn't it? you look at it. I mean, obviously, Benoit um, is is kind of the outlayer, but in terms of wrestling, these are some of the most talented wrestlers that that the WWE has had in a long time and 90% of people involved in this match are Hall of Famers. It's just Mm. outstanding, outstanding Uh, quality. And again, with Michaels and then flares on the outside as well. It's just everywhere you look. And on on commentary, Jim Ross, it's all top, top level, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Some of that I found really interesting was obviously an Elimination Chamber match, especially back in the day, because nowadays I don't enjoy Chamber matches like I used to because you've got the crash mats out and I don't want anyone to get hurt. Of course not. But back in the day, it was brutal, wasn't it? It was. Mm-hmm. It looked terrible and painful and, and there was the blood came into it and so on. This is the, in that era as well. But the two wrestlers who start the match, Benoit and Jericho, they basically give us that five minute section uh, and it's, it's basically mat wrestling, Max, isn't it? Yeah. Get get uh, the technical it, mat wrestling out of the way. Yeah. Get really get that uh, get that technical wrestling uh for for uh the fans that, that uh, are invested in that. Yeah, it's it's some classic mat wrestling. It's it's mm. really good and um I've I've always been a massive fan of the Elimination Chamber, uh, just because it was a brilliant twist on on a, the old trope of a of a of a cell of a or a steel cage match um very unique like like it's it's daunting to look at but there's the potential there for some really cool spots and the fact it surrounds the whole of the ring and you get this uh this kind of extra um lip that is level with the ring there was it's just it's it felt so unique 
it got it got milked, uh, especially in the era when it got its own pay per view. Um, but these first few were were amazing. Each one brought a new kind of. Um, uh, th- there were so many unique spots that came from these early um, chamber matches. It's just, yeah, they were so good to watch. Yeah, without a doubt, without a doubt. Um, a few early moments get, I mean, this crowd, first of all, is hot. They, they are loving. Uh, the entrances alone say that everyone's getting huge reactions from the crowd. Yeah. And then the mat wrestling, it doesn't calm them down, but they're, they're taking in what they're seeing until Benoit starts hitting some chops. And they go absolutely crazy for every chop Benoit throws. That they love that side of things. Um, yeah. Benoit attempts a sharpshooter early on, uh, and then we have a superplex by Benoit on Jericho. And then the the, the first chamber is going to open. The first uh, glass chamber is going to open, and we get the countdown in Spanish from the crowd, which I think is is fantastic. I, I love yeah. that. And and the the fact that commentary mentioned it as well, um, yeah, it was it just showed that uh, Puerto Rico is a a, a very unique uh, but cool place to have a, a pay per view. Mm. Yeah, it was. It's yeah, it really stood out. Uh, Triple H is next in, and Chris Benoit is the first to effectively hit the steel, hit the chain, Maxi. And he starts bleeding straight away. And that kind of sets a theme here because uh, yeah. everyone ends up bleeding at some point or another, don't they? Yeah. And and even before that, uh, Trips uh, does, uh, he throws uh, Benoit into the turnbuckles a couple of times and Benoit um, unleashes his, his hidden inner Bret Hart and he, he hits them turnbuckles with so much force. The first one, um, it, it almost rocks the entire uh, chamber. Uh, first one slams him into the into the uh, into his back, and then he goes into the middle of the of the ring. But then he hits one uh, chest first, the the classic Bret Hart. But he hits it so hard that mm. you think he he must have broke some ribs with that. It just brutal. But then we get the spot where he uh, he's whipped into into the 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 steel on the outside, and he's and he's busted up. And one thing that did kind of grind me about this match is that when everybody was whipped into the into the the chain of the chamber, they grabbed hold of it just for that extra couple of seconds, yeah. just to add add the 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 gravitas of of what had happened. But that would have been cool for one, maybe two of them, but. Every single wrestler did it. <laughs> they were all thrown into the steel and they all grabbed hold of the chain for a couple of seconds before dropping down. And yeah, it kind of killed the mood of it a little bit. Mm. But yeah, it, it did show how brutal this, this match can be. Uh, Triple H attempts a pedigree on Jericho, which is countered into a backdrop and he falls onto the, the, the steel on the floor, effectively, isn't it? It sort of comes across from the apron out, and we get the the horrific noise of them hitting that. And I think Triple H's selling of that is superb because he hits it a few times. And I don't know if it's the size of the guy or just maybe the uh, the noise it makes as well. But you genuinely believe this guy is in a great deal of pain, don't you? I mean, he's got to have been, even mm. even in terms of wrestling. You you are thrown or you land on solid steel it's going to hurt yes it's it there's no there's no crash mats there there's no, no. padding this is this is steel 
So mm. yeah, it absolutely hurts. But Triple H is so good at, at selling that that uh, pain, that anguish from it. Yeah, it's a uh, it's just a great job by him. Yes, indeed, indeed. Uh, Edge is next into the match, and Jericho and Triple H uh, are both then sent into the cage, and then they start bleeding. But Triple H is isn't a blade job just yet. <laughs> He's got that big prominent beak, hasn't he? That huge nose. <laughs> that, triple, triple H. How has he not had more cuts to his nose than than this? When he when he gets that cut, it's like a little tiny scratch across his nose, and I don't think he even made contact with. The, the I think he was still in the ring when he his nose hit the chain. It's it's that big of a hooter. But, yeah, it looked ridiculous when you get the the zoom in on Triple H and he's got just a almost like a red plaster over yeah. the top of his nose. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Jericho's bleeding like a stuck pig. Uh, Benoit's bleeding, and Triple H has got a bloody nose. It's ridiculous. Uh, an insecurity by Chris Jericho gets a near fall on Edge, um, which then go, he, Jericho turns around and gets hit with a pedigree by Triple H at that point. And that's when Randy Orton arrives and he goes straight for Triple H, doesn't he? Because obviously the 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 big storyline here is, as you said, Magsy, the falling apart of evolution and Orton's already left, but we're getting the tease of Batista and it heads into WrestleMania that year. And it was fantastic TV, wasn't it? Really great yeah. storytelling in that era. It was, yeah. Uh, an RKO on Jericho and then an, an RKO attempt on Chris Benoit, but that's countered into a crippler crossface. And I like this because you see so many times in matches, multi-man matches, where somebody's in a submission hold or somebody's in a pin attempt uh, or somebody in a Royal Rumble, for example, is going to throw somebody over the ropes and then some other guy randomly helps them. And it makes no <laughs> sense whatsoever because it, it you know, it would favor them surely for the person to be eliminated. So whilst, whilst this crossface is on Jericho, Triple H is in the face of Jericho screaming at him to tap. I thought that was great, you know, because it makes perfect he, sense. He, he slaps his face. He slaps um, Randy's face whilst he's in Oh, Randy, his... sorry, not Jericho. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's, he's slapping him. Like, that's that's what you would do. If your one of your biggest enemies were was was getting beat up, you wouldn't save them. And it, mm. like you said, it, it's ridiculous that it happens in wrestling. But yeah, Triple H was such a dickbag that he was literally <laughs> slapping um, uh, Randy in the face. But then when uh, uh, Benoit uh, lets that go and then and then gets the uh, uh, takes the legs of Triple H and goes for the for the sharpshooter, Randy, because he's a face at this point, saves Triple H by hitting a, a low RKO on Benoit. Uh, and one thing I, I did really um, notice with Randy is just how different his his RKO is this early in his career. It's the the setup to it now. It's it's made the move way more uh, devastating than it was then. Um, watching it watching it in this match, uh, and I think they said in the commentary, Randy was like twenty four years old at the time. Yeah. It is literally just a, a, a stalling diamond cutter, whereas now it, it feels so much more of a move than, than it did here. Um, yeah, it was just interesting to see the evolution, pun intended, of, uh, of uh, Randy's uh, finishing move. Yeah, it was. It was indeed. Um, Edge accidentally spears Shawn Michaels, the referee. Was it Orton he was aiming for, but then he Orton moves or... 
Yeah, I think so. Was it on? Yeah, it was on. Right, because then he does actually hit Orton with a spear, <laughs> but you know, there's no referee. Michaels is down. So Edge is frustrated and cross and he slaps Shawn Michaels. So Shawn, as he should, hits the sweet chin music, which then <laughs> enables a lion salt from Jericho and Edge gets pinned and he is out. And I loved that because it was so you said this, you said the phrase already, Magazine, with so many moving parts in a match like this anyway, not just storyline wise, but with regards to the people in it. So many moving parts. We've got the, the guest referee as, a, as an additional moving part as well. But it was so smooth and so believable, I guess. And Jim Ross on commentary just sells it so well as well. I just think it was absolutely fantastically done. Yeah, and, and it's not even like the spot went perfectly because uh, Jericho, when he hits the lines hole, he has to throw himself halfway across the ring because mm. Edge just isn't in the in the, in the the perfect position. But uh, they they pulled this spot off really, really well. And it then continues the story of, of Shawn Michaels and, and, and Edge uh, at each other's throats uh, after this pay-per-view. So, yeah, it was really, really well done. Yes. Um, we then see a Chris Benoit diving headbutt from the top of one <sighs> of the chambers. That was, I mean, it was spectacular, but knowing the history of that move, yeah. and not just with Benoit, with the likes of Harley and knowing, Race and, and, and knowing what, Kid and so yeah, on. Knowing, knowing how that move affected Benoit, um, yeah, to see it, it's, at the time, it would have been... Uh, it would have been a massive pop moment, but mm. knowing what we know now, yeah, that was, it was hard to watch. Mm. Uh, the walls of Jericho are applied on triple H and then a cross face is applied <laughs> at the same time. This kind of thing. I absolutely love. Yes, uh, it's so when, good. And, and the storytelling again, because the only person left to enter the match now is Batista. He's the last person to come in and mm. everyone knows Batista is there you know, basically to aid Triple H. He's working with him. He's part of evolution. He said he'll go for the world title if Triple H is already eliminated by the time he gets in. But here we have the countdown and it's, can Triple H hold on in these two submission moves until Batista arrives? And it's, it's just fantastic storytelling. Again, the drama of this. And again, Jim Ross on commentary sells it superbly, but then they have a little bit of a glitch because they can't get the door open in time. But that, which I think plays into even it. more. Yeah. That, yeah. I thought that I thought it played really into it because Batista was itching to get out of that that cell, and Triple H then had to stay in two of the most brutal looking submission moves for for that little bit longer. Um, so yeah, I, I thought that added to the the drama, uh, and then you get the kind of build up uh, before the match of Batista speaking with Randy Orton, and Randy kind of putting that seed of him being the next person that Triple H is going to turn on, uh, and then you've got Triple H um, questioning Batista's loyalty, um, and Batista having to explain his his position. Um, yeah, there, there was so many, so much drama in this storyline. Uh, it was so well told, uh, and for for that little bit of uh, unintended addition with the with the cage door opening, I thought that just it just tipped it over the edge. It was a really yeah. well done, well done spot. We do then get that kind of stare off between Triple H and Batista, don't we? Uh, and again, Jim Ross is shouting, do you want to win the world title, Batista? This is your moment. Uh, you know, Are you going to go for it? And so on. And then I think it's Jerry Lawler on commentary literally telling JR to shut up. 
Yeah. Uh, and it's just, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, Jericho then gets press slammed onto a cameraman. That looked uncomfortable for the cameraman and Jericho both. Yeah, but good selling from the cameraman, though. He was mm. out like a lot for a, for a little while. Uh, but uh, is that the spot that leads to Ric Flair being able to come into the into the match? Well, the door is the door's open because they bring the referees in to, to get treatment for the cameraman. Mm-hmm. But then they shut the door again. But I'm not sure if they lock it properly, and that's how Flair gets in towards the end, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. Which again, it makes sense because they've got to tr- get the cameraman treatment. So it's not just a case of oh, someone's got in the cage. It's it's good storytelling again, I think, Max. It is, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, Batista hits a vicious-looking spinebuster, uh, and <laughs> he then hits one on Jericho as well, um, and ends up pinning. Sorry, he hits <laughs> he hits a spinebuster on Benoit. And then hits a spinebuster on Jericho onto Benoit <laughs> to then pin Benoit. That was pretty spectacular. Yeah, and then you have Jim Ross on the, on the commentary saying he has never seen anything like this before, and, and really kind of um, selling the fact that Batista is an is an absolute beast. Because up mm. to this point, uh, Batista's not been a huge star. He's been he's been kind of the muscle for for Evolution. Um, and this this match really puts uh, Batista in that main event picture. It's it's, a, a, it's almost like a a coming out party for Batista. I mean, he's outlasting the in the match, but he's involved in pretty much all of the finishes from from then on, and he just looks like an absolute animal. And mm-hmm. you can understand why he got that nickname. He was just he was just so good. Yeah, very good. Uh, a Batista bomb means that we say tell out to Jericho. He is now out. So we're left with a, a very evolution-heavy final field. We have a two-on-one, effectively, with Batista and Triple H. The, the heels at this moment in time. Obviously, we know where we're heading with Batista, but at this moment in time, we're, we're both heels there. Orton is the babyface. And again, it's almost like another little different section in the same match. Because you've got this two-on-one beatdown, Triple H getting more and more frustrated because Orton just keeps kicking out. And I think this does... I mean, the crowd don't react massively to Orton in this segment of the match. Because I think everyone at this point is kind of getting to that point of they want Batista. Mm-hmm. You know, that they're about the Batista-Triple H potential rivalry that, that, that we end up going with. But I think it makes Orton look very strong because he kicks out of so many moves here that and then we then come to the finish... And again, it's that so many moving parts again, Magazine, isn't it? Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, um, all leading to, uh, I think, uh, did Orton go for the RKO? Triple H shoves him into Batista. Then Batista goes uh, for the attempt at a powerbomb, hitting the balls, uh, then the the RKO. And, and th- this is where Triple H's mastery of telling a story in, oh, yeah. in the ring comes through because uh, we see uh, Orton get the pin on the Batista, but the, the camera has Triple H sat uh, basically beat up in the corner and he has the opportunity to save Batista from this pin, stands up and then goes back down. So whilst Batista had Triple H's back, Triple H didn't necessarily 
have Batista's back, and it's really subtly done, but but it's front and center. You know that Triple H is is thinking about one person, and that's Triple yes. H. Yeah, such great storytelling, and just the timing of it all is is superb. Uh, Shawn Michaels then is is dealing with Batista's eliminated. Shawn Michaels is dealing with Batista because he's trying to get in and carry on fighting. Um, an RKO is hit in the middle of all this. So there's no, um, there's no pinfall because Sean is distracted by Batista. Then Flair gets in the ring. So Sean has to turn around and deal with Flair as Orton half gets up from this RKO and Batista damn near takes his head off with a clothesline. Yeah. That was brutal. That clothesline. And then Triple H hits a pedigree and wins the match. And I mean, from my aspect, before we get into our, our scores and breaking it down, I thought this told so many great stories all the way through. And then the finish of Triple H not helping Batista when he potentially could have. Batista still then helping Triple H and him retaining, or it's not retaining, but winning the vacant title. The big question for me in wrestling all the time, we speak about it loads on this show and, and on Nitro Nights and so on, is where do we go next? with regards to people and characters and storylines, this obviously leaves so much open for where we can go next with regards to the storytelling they're doing. I mean, it's, um, I mean, it's an absolute masterpiece in storytelling, Max. Yeah, and one thing that I, I really loved about the, the end of this match was the, the callbacks to um, how Triple H dealt with Randy Orton when he first won the, the, the towel. Uh, he had Batista there with Randy Orton on Batista's shoulders, and Triple H giving the thumbs up and then turning the thumbs kind of like the Roman uh-huh. Emperor. We got that kind of scenario in the in the elimination chamber with Triple H on Batista's shoulders and Ric Flair giving the thumbs up. Now, obviously, we don't get the spot where, where Trips turns on, on uh, Batista just yet, but the callback to um, Triple H doing that to, to Randy Orton just a few months earlier, yeah, it was just so sweet. Yeah, really good stuff. Really good stuff. Um, I mean, this is going to be high for me, Maxie. Out of 10 for yourself, what are you thinking? It was a great match. It was really, like, like I said earlier, these early um, chamber matches are are so good. It's so innovative. Um, yeah, this this match told so many great stories. The, the action was crisp. You got... Uh, a lot of blood, um, a lot of intrigue. There, was, there wasn't a moment in this match where I would say the match lost me and I was kind of drifting. Um, it's a, it's an eight easily for me. Oh, okay. Okay, I'm not going to lie. I, I thought you were going to go a touch higher than that. Um, I think, as you said, the storytelling was superb. Uh, the mat wrestling at the beginning was fantastic. We had so many great spots, great moments. The the timing of everything going on in there as well. These are guys at the top of their craft. These are guys that are the masters of their craft. Mm-hmm. And and it just takes me back to an era of of WWE that I was invested in Evolution. I, I was invested in Orton uh, when his turn happened and the Batista stuff and so on, but couldn't quite remember this particular contest. I love this format of Elimination Chamber matches as well. The, the early ones, as you said, so such fantastic storytelling, so many great moments. I, I've, I think for me, Maxie, 
I look at this in comparison to the very first chamber match that Shawn Michaels won at Survivor Series. I gave that one, I think, a nine and a half or a ten. I think I enjoy this one just as much. So I'm going to pull the trigger, mate. I think this is a ten for me. Ten. I think it's really? that. I think it's that good. I loved it. I was I was captivated all the way through. All of these guys played their played their roles perfectly. So many great moments throughout this contest, and then again the storytelling, the, the Triple H in the corner moment, and just absolutely loved it, mate. I loved it. I mean, I I, I, I see your point. Uh, for me, it's I, it's not. I wouldn't have said it's a, a perfect match, but it was highly entertaining. So I'm happy with my eight score. Fair enough, mate. Fair enough. So then, where shall we go next week, Magsy? What would you like to put forward as your link in the chain? This is a simple and easy one. I love this uh, this uh, breakdown of uh, evolution storyline. So I um, want to keep this this uh, show on the road. I want to jump to three weeks uh, into the future from this pay per view, uh, and I want to watch the um, two thousand five. Royal Rumble, uh, which sees Batista uh, earn that spot at WrestleMania. And we get the, the pleasure of seeing Vince McMahon's quads explode. So that's a little bit of a bruisey border. So, yeah, I want to watch the 2005 Royal Rumble match. Why? Okay. What I'm going to do now is I'm going to show you my notes. And you can just read at the bottom there where it says link, Sai. Can you make that out there? I can. It says 2005 Rumble. That's what I wanted to put forward as well. Because I there thought... We go, so there's the no poll for you this week, folks. Oh, we should we should have a poll, shouldn't we? Should I put forward something different? We should do, I mean, we? is this the first time that we've had the very same... It's happened, one, it's happened once before, and I had a backup. Have you got a backup this time? I did have one. But I was just going to go straight to the 2006 Rumble as my backup. Oh, no... I said no, Paul. We've let these these reprobates dictate to us. It's not often we agree wholeheartedly on where this this should go. I think you enjoying this storyline. I'm enjoying this storyline. We'll not give them a, an option for the poll this week. We'll take that power back. Will oh. Vince McMahon will take the power away? Oh, that's controversial, mate. That's controversial. Ah, but there we go. We'll have to wait and see what comes out on the Twitter poll. Maybe it'll be... You, you little sycophant. The, the 2005 Raw Rumble, or maybe it'll be Dave Batista wins a Rumble match in 2005. Maybe those will be your two options. Right? How can you not <laughs> vote for Vince McMahon and his exploding quads? Yeah. It's just I, an I agree. Amazing, I... amazing scene, especially the fact that he was pissed off that the match ended in a draw in the first place. <laughs> he was so angry, he exploded his own quads. Oh, there we go, mate. There we go. Interesting, though, mate. Both of us go in the same way. Very interesting. It, I mean, it, once in a lifetime that happens. Mm. So give us this one, yeah. CWF. We did give you Gilberg appreciation night and we are planning at some point in the next few months a barry horowitz appreciation night and all this other nonsense oh, yeah, aren't we? about that jesus 
Uh, Okie doke. There we go then. Uh, so, Maxi, I suppose, I mean, there's not anything else popping up in the chat. Is there? Is there? Nope, there's not, other than Sharon little gun sign saying that I'm pulling the trigger on a 10. So, I, I'm shocked. I didn't think you would enjoy it as much as that. I, mean, but I, I understand why. Yeah. I loved it. Just the drama, the, all of it was so good. It was so good. But yeah, there we go. Do I let people know whereabouts they can find your good self online, Magsy? Down here, it's not actually at Pod Farmer, Magsy. I may change my Twitter handle to that, actually. Um, that it brilliant. makes sense. Um, but yeah, on Twitter, uh, at Pod Farmer Mags, uh, on TikTok, at Mags All Pods. Um, that's where you can find me or back here next Monday. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Uh, anything I'm involved in, you can find on the network that carries this show. That's at SJP World Media on Facebook and Twitter. There is a group on Facebook, so join the group there. You get links to all the shows and so on. Uh, and obviously the Twitter feed, you get all the links to the shows via there as well. But if you search the SJP World Media Network on all your podcast players, platforms, and providers, you will find the streams that basically take you to all of the episodes that the network carries. Uh, this show itself However, you can follow at chain underscore wrestling on Facebook and Twitter. Make sure you do get involved in our non-wrestling topic and all the other great stuff we do. Magzi, I cannot believe this is clocked in at just over two hours. I thought this show was going to be much, much longer considering the massive main event. Look at that, how concise and Chris were. Technical we're so areas. professional. Yeah, we're so good at this thing. So you should come back next week and watch us review the 2005 Royal Rumble. There we go. I am off now, Mr. Mags, to have a little think about whatever late 80s computer games characters you might look like. I'll have a couple for next week. Piss off. Piss off.